Real Care Health System, Excellence in Healthcare, presents Weekly Dose of Wellness. Here's your host, Deborah Howell. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Deborah Howell, and today our guest is Dr. Judy Choi, a urologist at Long Beach Memorial Hospital. Dr. Choi is with us today to talk to us about urinary incontinence, the symptoms, the causes, and what we can do to treat it. Welcome, Dr. Choi. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. First off, what is urinary continence? So basically, um, it was defined as the involuntary loss of urine that is a social or hygienic problem that's defined by the International Continence Society. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just, you know, unwanted urinary leakage. That's easy enough to, uh, to understand. What are the different types of urinary incontinence? Uh, so there are several different types, but the two main ones are stress urinary incontinence and urgency urinary incontinence. Um, so the stress urinary incontinence is the one a lot of people already know about. Um, and that's basically the leakage of urine with any effort or exertion, specifically like sneezing or coughing. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll notice that a small amount of urine is expelled. Um, and a lot of people know about that one because that's the one that's most common after after um, deliveries. Um, and then the other one is urgency urinary incontinence. And that's when you have a urinary incontinence that's accompanied by or preceded by urgency. Um, and that's when you have that sudden urge to, to run to the bathroom. And um, a lot of times people, people don't make it to the bathroom in time. And so those are the two main types. You can also have mixed urinary incontinence. And that's when you have both the stress incontinence and the urgency incontinence. Um, and then there's a host of other types. Um, like some people just have incontinence during sexual intercourse. Um, some people notice that they have continuous urinary incontinence. Um, other people have overflow incontinence. Uh, which is basically when they have a lot of urine that's retained in the bladder. They can't completely empty their bladder. And, um, you know, it's kind of like carrying around a bowl full of water. It just kind of always washes out. So those are the, the main types, but the most common are stress and urgency incontinence. Okay, got it. What causes urinary incontinence? Uh, so a lot of different factors. Um, they've looked into a lot of different uh, risk factors for it. Um, I think the biggest ones are probably pregnancy, uh, labor and vaginal delivery. So um, usually we see a lot of incontinence in, in women who have multiple uh, vaginal deliveries. And, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll, they'll also report that they had uh, like a prolonged labor because um, it's that, it's that uh, descent into the pelvis. It kind of crushes a lot of the structures within the pelvis, including a lot of the urethral support, a lot of the nerves, all of this. And so um, functionally and anatomically, it's it's not as um, it doesn't provide enough support to to um, to have urinary urinary continence, and so those are the main ones. Also, uh, obesity is a big one. Uh, family history and like a um, you know they have like a genetic component to it. That's also a big uh, component. Um, physical function has been uh, which is basically they've looked at like older women who are less functional. Um, they tend to have more urinary incontinence also. Um, diabetes, um, dementia, you know, those are, those are the main risk factors. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, potential risk factors are like, uh, smoking, depression, constipation, urinary infections, urinary infections, those kinds of things. But that has like a weaker, a weaker link to, to urinary incontinence. But pretty much it all goes hand in hand. So, okay, those are the risk factors. Now let's talk about the treatment options, because that's the more happy part of this show. <laughs> there are <laughs> things we can do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, I, I guess the first thing is um, it's really important to define what kind of urinary incontinence that you have. And so, um, you know, a lot of times there's a really extensive uh, list of questions that, that um, either the female urologist or your gynecologist, whoever, whoever treats this condition, um, they'll go through a whole barrage of these questions just to figure out which one you have. And, you know, there are different tests as well. Uh, but, you know, if you do have the stress urinary incontinence, um, that's considered more like an anatomical um, uh, problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, some conservative measures that don't require surgery are like pelvic floor exercises, uh, biofeedback, you know, things like that. But the mainstay, you know, basically the gold standard is still surgery. And uh, that's where you have uh, uh, these these slings that they have, um, and those can either be a lot of times they're they're uh, mesh sling. Other people use uh, the patient's own fascia. Other people use um, you know other types of of graft in order to to give you um, a little bit more urethral support because that's where they think that the underlying uh, pathophysiology is. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, for urgent continence, though, um, a lot of it is um, you know I think it, for the most part everybody tries and um, tries to recommend some lifestyle modifications. Sure. So, um, you know, especially uh, like fluid intake, you know, now the trend is everybody drinks a lot of water, you know, everyone's <laughs> turning around a lot of, you know, you know, they're constantly drinking. Um, I think most people um, forget that what goes in must come out. And so, <laughs> so uh, you know, we have people monitor their fluid intake. Um, sometimes we have them do um, a, a bladder, like a voiding diary, uh, in which they just record how much they drink, you know, how much they urinate, you know, whether or not they have any leakage episodes. Um, they can, we also have them, um, decrease any, uh, like bladder irritants, like caffeine or alcohol or, you know, artificial sweeteners, anything like that, that can kind of irritate the lining of the bladder. All the fun Uh, stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I tell everyone, you know, you can drink it, but just know that it might have, that's nothing's free. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, we also have, um, you know, we can have them time, do timed voiding, which is basically, you know, we have them regularly go to the bathroom every couple hours. Um, we also recommend, you know, uh, like more of the pelvic floor physical therapy as a potential way to help them. Um, if all of these fail, though, um, we then recommend uh, medications. Mm-hmm. We consider urgency incontinence kind of related to like the, the nerves and the muscles of the bladder just kind of spasming a lot. And so some medications can abate that with um, just by blocking those receptors. And so there's a host of them. And, and I think a lot of like the, the ads that you see on TV, a lot of them are directed to overactive bladder. Yes. And these, these will all help. And, um, you know, basically they all act in a very, very similar mechanism. Um, so it's just, you know, trying, trying one, seeing if it helps you. Um, if that doesn't help, so Oftentimes, we'll try another one. If that doesn't help, then we talk about other options. Um, the if you know, so if all of those fail, then we we talk about some types of surgery or procedure. Um, so some people do Botox injections to the bladder. I was, I was just going to ask when you said muscle yeah. spasms. I thought I wonder if Botox could fix that. Yeah. So a lot of people we have um, we have them come into the clinic. It can either be done in the clinic or we have them do it in the operating room, whichever one they're more comfortable with. And it's a really, really simple procedure. We just inject Botox um, into the into the wall of the bladder. Um, you know, we, we, we do a cystoscope, which basically we take a camera and look inside the bladder, 
and then through there we can inject the Botox. And um, in some patients, it works really, really well. Um, the only thing is, it's kind of like, well, it's exactly like the Botox that you inject into the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, you need some yeah. touch-ups every now and then. It's not permanent. Sure. Um, and and some people really love it. The only problem is you have to keep coming in for that. Uh, so another thing that people do is um, this tibial nerve stimulation, which is basically like acupuncture that can be done in the clinic. Um, and that's thought to uh, uh, kind of activate the nerves um, that lead to the bladder. Um, and a more permanent solution is um, what this, this newer uh, type of treatment, which is called uh, sacral neuromodulation. And it's basically like a pacemaker for the bladder. Um, oh. Yeah. So that, that, one's, that one's a lot newer. Uh, there, are a lot, there are a lot of people who, who really benefit from it now. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's a really simple procedure also. It's, you know, it requires uh, either a lead placement in the clinic or in the operating room. You see how well it, you know, you see whether or not it, it helps you. And then if so, then you have to implant a battery device, you know, at a different stage. I'm thinking of getting one for the next time I go to New York City because you can never find it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so if I could just have the temporary pacemaker, please. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, so when talking to your physician about urinary incontinence, what type of information should your listeners and our listeners be prepared to share? Uh, well, I think first and foremost, it's just important that, that the patient feels really comfortable with their physician um, and realizes that, you know, what they're experiencing is pretty common um, and that they're willing to share everything. So, you know, when I when I interview patients, um, I ask them really detailed questions about when they're having leakage, how it affects their life, you know, what they've noticed, um, you know, the different lifestyle modifications they've had to make because of it. Um, how many diapers they use, all of that. So there's really no shame involved, and that's I think the most important thing, because you know we'll we'll ask uh, you know quite intimate questions about all of that. Um, you know, also we'll ask about their um, their surgeries and things like that. Uh, you know what they're interested in. We'll go over all the different treatment options, see what um, you know to make a plan that's comfortable for both for both you know the the physician and the patient. Um, I think that's you know. I think that's the the most critical thing. Um, you know, we'll ask we'll ask really detailed questions about how their urinary how what their urinary patterns are, and a lot of times, um, you know, patients are like, "Oh, actually, never thought about that." You know, things like you know how frequently you go to the bathroom, whether or not you have to run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know whether or not you have to uh, do what we call double voiding, where they go to the bathroom, you know, they realize they're not finished and they have to go back again right afterwards. You know whether or not they have any dribbling afterwards. I mean, these are, you know, a lot of a lot of nitpicky questions that make a big difference actually in how we and how we diagnose the type of urinary incontinence that they so, have. So total honesty, let it all hang out with you. Exactly, and, and no shame. <laughs> we understand it. This is, a, okay. this is certainly a quality of life issue. Yeah, you're there um, to help. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and we've seen it all. <laughs> so where can listeners go right now to get more information about treatments available at Long Beach Memorial? Oh, so, um, you know, so, well, they should either seek out uh, either a female urologist, and when I say female urologist, I don't mean, like, gender, you know, a specific <laughs> uh, subspecialty within urology. Yes. Um, or a urogynecologist, because we all treat the same conditions. Um, but, you know, for our, we see patients um, very regularly. Um, our phone number is 562-933-1877. Uh, we're more than happy to see anybody. Um and 
yeah, we, we, we are basically here for, for anyone with any of these issues. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Troy. I feel better, and I don't even have the problem. I really, really, <laughs> I really appreciate you being on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me. To listen to the podcast or for more information, please visit memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. Thanks for listening, and have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day.